Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, it's me. It's the orphan. That's right, I'm back. Not in any significant way, just here at the start of the episode to give you a little warning. If you were listening to the podcast and getting inspired to try some time travel of your own, uh, don't do it. Don't do it. I, I can't stress it enough. There's all sorts of side effects that might happen if you time travel without the regular safety features. Now, one of those side effects, for example, is a general discombobulation of your hair. A second side effect is you can only see in primary colours. And another side effect is that your microphone goes all weird, wobbly, jangly, jingly, janky, not as good. A general sort of deterioration in your audio quality. Uh, which unfortunately is what happened to Sandro this week. So if you hear any sort of oddness in how Sandro sounds, it's a, it's a result of uh, a, a time travelling without the regular safety features, which he forgot for some reason this week. Uh, so uh, do excuse him, it was done in the line of duty for this podcast. Uh, so yeah, there you there, there you have it. Um, there's your warning. Um, <clears throat> other than that, sit back and enjoy the latest episode. Imagine a year where, despite the best efforts of the main character, the villain still gets eight thousand dollars and gets away with it. Oh my god, Zach, that sounds awful. It's definitely not tax season. <laughs> yeah, the year is 1946. there. How's it going? My name is Sandro. Welcome to Oldie But a Goodie. Why? It's 1946, World War II is over, and I'm hanging out in America with all the businessmen, because I'm a businessman now. That's right. I've turned to business. I'm starting a new business, and my business is being a businessman. Wow, <laughs> my accountant is this orphan over here. How you doing, orphan? Hello, governor. Would you like a loaf of bread or an apple? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I'm here too, and I'm yelling everything I say. Oh yes, I also uh, managed to find Jake. You know, and the time's been messed up because of all the all the storyline this year. And I managed to find Jacob on the street, and I gave him a job. That's right. How how you liking your job, Jacob? Oh, I like it. Just please don't hit me. Oh <laughs> uh, well, maybe maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll get my orphan to hit you. But either way, I'm gonna go steal money from this random guy on the street. Hello. Why, hello there. Oh, very nice to meet you. Yes, indeed. Why? You look like you're you. You could be wife material. I'm a businessman. <laughs> I own everything. That's really weird thing to say to someone you just met. <laughs> Not really. It's 1946. That's kind of how we did it back then. Hey, I toots. guess that's <laughs> true. I, I get that a lot. I guess because it's it's 1946. Well, wonderful. What's your name? Ah, <laughs> uh, my name's uh. Marin Donovan. Why? That's that sure is a name that you have. <laughs> yep. I'm gonna own it because I'm gonna own you. I'm a businessman. It's <laughs> Jesus Christ! I don't like you. I'm going to leave, but not before I learn. Are you a, a businessman of some sort? Why? Yes, I'm a businessman with my business hand and my business orphan and this other kid called Jacob. Sometimes I slap him. <laughs> oh, not again! <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um. But, uh, would you be interested in in investing into a new invention? Well, maybe. What is that invention? It's, uh, a a diaper. Oh, a diaper. 
Why, you love those diapers, don't you, Jacob? Oh, yeah, I'm wearing one now. Yes, but this is an improvement on your diaper. You see, the diaper he's wearing is a regular old cloth diaper. Yeah, I'm checking. Whereas I've invented a new waterproof diaper. Why, waterproof? Now, here's the thing, though. When you have a diaper, sometimes water ends up in the diaper, so it's automatically waterproof. What are you talking about? No, you see, the cloth absorbs all the water and can leak out, whereas this is a leak-proof, waterproof diaper. That does explain why Jacob is so smelly. (laughs) And my willy is like a finger in the bath. (laughs) Oh, God. I don't know where this episode's gone. All right, uh, you know what? I'm not interested in you investing anymore. I'm just going to leave now. You (laughs) very strange. That's fair. You know what? I'm done being a businessman. I don't like being a businessman. I'm going to take this collar off of Jacob and throw (laughs) that over there. Oh, man. (laughs) You're free now. Where equals. You're my friend again. (laughs) Thank you, master. Whoa, she's transformed into, is that Zach, my co-host? Whoa, hello. Why do I feel like the bit beforehand was far more strange than usual? Um, I wasn't going through a businessman phase. It's fine. I'm. Oh, you went through it. Oh, not again. Sandro, you know you're a businessman, a super sexist. You can't do that again. We'll get nah, cancelled. It's, it's, it's 1946. I thought that I'd give it another shot. That's true. That's true. Um, uh, Jacob's here. Hello, Jacob. Hello. Wait, Jacob, how are you here? Why are you wearing a diaper? What's that smell? This is just how I, this is how I dress now to save time. Time is money. Ah, that makes sense. D- have you seen, um, It's a Wonderful Life, Jacob? Uh, I think so. Oh, that's good. Because, uh, Sandro, uh, that's the, that's the movie we're reviewing. Yeah, it's the movie that you chose. Yeah. Do you think Jacob could join us? I mean, uh, maybe, but Zach, we usually don't get Jacob on for movies that have a good reputation. Mmm, that's true. There's no way that this movie has a good reputation. I refuse <laughs> to believe it. Uh, well, it, this this movie is very interesting because at the time when it came out, it did not do well. It did quite poorly. In fact, so poorly that they just kind of, you know, put it to the side, whatever. And then when cable TV, like... TV became more of a thing. This, along with a few other movies, were bought out as just, you know, throwaway movies that they could chuck on the TV every now and again. And of course, It's a Wonderful Life was played around Christmas, just as that, like, generic Christmas movie. And so people would turn on their new TVs and go like, oh, what am I going to watch? Oh, hey, there's this movie on called It's a Wonderful Life. And then people started watching it. And of course it was put on every year. And then people like came to this tradition of watching this movie. And thus this <laughs> this throwaway movie started to get really popular. Yep. And it sort of turned around where people were like, actually, we like this movie. This movie's great. And then it got super popular. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and now it's considered one of the best American movies ever made. Yep. Um, but <laughs> uh, judging by the reaction from Jacob, you don't think it should be. <laughs> yeah, look, I'd like to see an alternative history where I didn't have to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? This movie was great. I enjoyed this so much. Oh, no, we accidentally got Jacob on to do another bad movie. <laughs> I don't want it to go too dark, but I watched this movie and now I've got serious thoughts about jumping off a bridge into an icy room. Oh no, the movie had the opposite effect. <laughs> it had the opposite effect. The whole point of the movie was to not do that, Jacob. Nah, I think this movie would have been good if it was a a 25 minute short film. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think it would have been good if it was a play and I would dramatically change the format of the movie as well but i i probably stuff to get into in spoilers but uh yeah mm. i i i there's, it's it's got some pro i like the main actor he's the character's awful but he's cool yeah. 
I would uh, cut the first hour from the movie and it would be the same movie. Because I don't... I've watched this movie before. I've probably watched it multiple times. Not that I remember watching it multiple times. But, like, I didn't remember the first hour of this movie. Mm. The second hour, I was like, oh, yeah, this is all familiar again. But the first hour, I I had no idea. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, wow. I didn't remember any of this. So it's called It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, It's meant to be an uplifting drama kind of romance ish with elements of like fantasy and and christmas and christmas miracles but instead it should be called this is not a wonderful life and it's a movie that's very sad and makes you sad <laughs> that's what this movie is that's what i thought this film was did we do we all watch the right movie like i'm so confused I just, I've, we've done a lot of borderline, like, propaganda movies for the American Dream before, uh, but not as bad as this. I don't know. Uh, something on the Hudson or whatever it was. Moscow on the Hudson or whatever it was. That was, like, blatant propaganda. But, yeah, this one's up there. Yeah. Uh, I thought I thought it was fine. I had a good time. I've, I've, I have a bit of nostalgia for this movie, mm. you know? Uh, it was fun watching it now, and I'm gonna. And I was like, I was noting down things like, "Oh, I'm gonna make fun of that." Oh, I'm gonna make fun of that. You know, because there is a lot of things happening in this movie that I don't, I don't want to spoil yet. But like, I watched this when I was very young, so I have a lot of nostalgia, as I said. But um, yeah, I kind of enjoyed it. I was just kind of cruising through it. It was a bit long. That that is my criticism. Like. As I said, the first hour you could cut out and it's the same movie almost. You could have like some flashbacks at the start, which could be the whole first hour. So it was definitely too long. Other than that, I, I had a great time. This is, this is good fun. What a great fun time that I had. It was so wonderful. I mean, I definitely didn't not enjoy it. I was watching it and I was and I was paying attention and I was like, there's some stuff in this that I think is good and well done. Um, but then I was also, uh, part of the reason why I think I paid so much attention was because of, um, how fucked, (laughs) how fucked the 40s was. Mm. (laughs) And various stuff with the rioting and and stuff that's, like, meant to be romantic and it's just creepy and just all that sort of stuff in this movie, I think, did not, did not hold up very well. But there is some fun stuff in here, uh, particularly in the last, like, ten minutes. (laughs) Yeah, so... Look, on the, like, on what you're saying about the propaganda thing, one thing I did like is how, like, the stand-in for capitalism, Mm. Mr. Potter, is, like, the worst character ever. That was pretty fun. I enjoyed that. Like, very few people would leave this movie rooting for him. Look, in short, it's just too long. It's just too bloody long. I went into this movie, you know, with a without an attention deficit problem and I left just abusing abusing other people's prescriptions, you know? Ooh, ooh, that's fair. And then also just like you guys, I think you've been watching a lot of like older movies. Yeah. So you might be more used to it. Yes. But just the way that they yell every single line <laughs> just so much. It was so much. I don't know what you mean. Everyone talks like this normally. Uh, one, of, one of the greatest things going back is kind of watching acting evolve. Yeah. Because, like, at first, it's just a bunch of, like, stage actors who are now in movies. And so they have all these things where they're very verbose and, like, bodily acting. Like, they're, they're exaggerating all their movements like you should do on stage. And it's very entertaining uh, when you when you know it's there, but it's it's not the same as like acting on film. Yeah. And then like slowly as we're going up the years, like people get more used to acting in film, and like you know pretending to be people. But yeah, it still has a couple of years to go. I think. A little bit. Oh, my, dear. my thing with the acting is like the main guy. He's played by James. Stewart. I've seen him in like some comedies and some Hitchcock stuff. Mm. So I was like, oh, it's that guy. But um, and I know that this is a thing that I critique modern movies for. And Zach, you're kind of like, oh, you know, you, you just gotta suspend your disbelief. But the, 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 there's a point in this movie where he's playing someone who's meant to be uh, 20, uh-huh. and he was literally 40. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, that's not. This is throwing me off. Sandra, Sandra. He was like 20 for like two scenes, yeah. and then they moved on. 
but they still didn't cast someone else. It just went so weird when you've got, like, a literal child playing the character, and then you've got someone who's in their 40s, and there's meant to be 10 years in between those two scenes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I watched it with my with my girlfriend, and we were arguing about how old he was meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely wasn't 20. Well, well, like, once once he we get into, like, the swing of the film, the, like, last... Uh, well, after half an hour, forty minutes or so, then he's like forty or so. For yeah, the rest oh, of definitely. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Before then, there is definitely some shenanigans there. I just say, uh, suspend your disbelief, Sandro. Ah, uh, I guess. I guess. I don't know. No, no. Here's what you need to do. You just need to imagine a better film <laughs> and then apply that onto the film, and then you'll enjoy it way more. You'll enjoy it way more. So these days you'd still need to suspend your disbelief because they would just have the actor wear like a dumb wig. <laughs> <laughs> You're still suspending your disbelief. The whole time though, I was like, his performance, it's so it's so large and shouty and like the accent is so thick. And the whole time I was like just imagining him being played by Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't help. We've been doing the K-drama. And so we have Cage on the mind. Yeah, like, we've been doing a lot of, like, Cage stuff over on Patreon, so just to have him basically be, like, an early version of Cage, I was like, that's kind of funny. The problem is, like, he does so much stuff in this movie that makes him unlikable, Mm. and it's just small stuff at the time, like, being a little bit creepy, but then there's points where, you know, he is kind of showing it to to the man and stuff, and that's kind of cool, but then he goes back to, like, Oh, wife, I've got your robes and you're naked in public. I'm not going to give it to you. And you're like, what the what, what the fuck is this movie doing? Yeah. Come on. Hey, but at least she's very specifically 18, okay? Oh God. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they specified that. <laughs> and they also don't do any trans jokes. So it's better than every 90s and early 2000 films. <laughs> That's true. We've reviewed. You've got a point there. And it also wasn't, like, I went into this expecting it to be more Christmassy. It's not that Christmassy. There's, like, some, there's some stuff where, you know, there's, like, angels and shit. And I'm like, eh, it's fine. Like, <laughs> there's maybe a total okay. of one minute of praying in this movie. And compared to that fucking Prancer movie that I had to watch last year, which had, like, so much Christian shit in it, I was like, fuck yeah, this is so much <laughs> compared to Compared to Prancer, yes, this isn't his Christmas movie. But it's a movie... On Christmas Day, you know. But not for the majority of it. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole center bit is this guy's life. Yes. And then it gets into the the last hour of which is like him, you know, g- uh, going to commit and then second life. And it's all based in Christmas. It's the whole thing. There's snow everywhere. And then they come home and they sing Christmas carols. Mm-hmm. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie, Sandro? Uh, no, but also yes. See? And this is why you cannot accept this movie as a Christmas movie, and I can accept this movie as a Christmas movie, <laughs> just like Die Hard. Ah, that's fair enough. You guys haven't asked me to, to watch Die Hard yet, so I haven't seen it. Ooh, mm-hmm. one day. What are your thoughts, Jacob? Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Okay, a film that occurs on Christmas but isn't about Christmas, I will say is a Christmas movie. Through a technicality only. Mm. Yes, there we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll take it. I'll take all the technicalities to the bank and check them (laughs) in. And forget them. (laughs) Yeah, oh no, I misplaced them. And now I'm sending the entire business into (laughs) chaos. Oh, jeez. I mean, this movie was also, it was released just before Christmas. So I guess technically then Mm -hmm. it came out around then. It's played on Christmas. Yeah. And it's traditionally a Christmas movie. And literally the ending is about them singing carols and an angel getting its wings. And I'm spoiling things, but anyway. And it also had elements of that, um, what was that movie we watched about angels and shit? With Ben, Zach, that was something... Oh, oh, that art house movie. Uh, Wings of Desire, that's the one. Wings of Wings Desire. Wings of Desire, yeah, yeah. It had elements of that, because we got, like, an angel as, like, one of the main characters, and I'm like, yeah, that's kind of, that's fun. And there's some other stuff uh, with spoilers that we'll, that we'll talk about in a second. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else here that we can mention that's spoiler-free. I guess Donna Reed as Mary, 
Uh, she's fine. <laughs> she's fine. I like the actor who plays Henry Potter, also known as Capitalism. That was mm. Lionel Barrymore, who played Billy Bones back <gasps> in Treasure Island. No, it was Billy Bones. Yes, he was Captain. Just he was the captain in Captain's Courageous as well. He's a very good actor. He was very Churchill in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't unsee it. He gets kind of cartoonishly evil at the end, but also, you know, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, but people are that evil. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's true. People do that all the time. And I guess the final question that I've got to ask is, a lot of people consider this to be a loose adaptation of A Christmas Carol. Uh, do you think that it is, Jacob? Because I, I, it's not. I've never seen A Christmas Carol. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big Jew. That's true. I've got... <laughs> That's, yeah. If it if it actually is a Christmas movie, I don't watch it. <laughs> I only watch non-Christmas movies, which kind of counts against now. Uh, well, then I'll say for the sake of Die Hard, it's not a Christmas movie, and neither was this movie. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm back on Sandro's side. None of them Christmas <laughs> movies. Go watch them, because Die Hard's great. I don't, it, it, it's, I get, it's not really, a, it, it would be about a Christmas carol if the final 20 minutes of this movie was the majority of the movie, which I feel like it should have been. Mm, yeah, I, I swear, if you'd asked me uh, before watching this movie, I would have said this movie's an hour, and I would have recounted you how this movie went, and it would have just been the last hour. <laughs> I, had, I had no <laughs> recollection the first hour of this movie existed at all. Mm-hmm. I, I just thought there was literally like a flashback or something. Maybe I watched like a revised version. Yeah. Or you just watched it on TV and didn't realize that you'd missed an hour at the start or yeah yeah look that that's that is a high possibility <laughs> and i wouldn't have missed out on much so you should make a zach's edit a zach's cut uh, absolutely i i would do that and it would just be at an hour of uh of him drinking <laughs> <laughs> drinking with the angel the, the, the angel coming up with wacky drinks yeah hell yeah uh, and the only thing really left to mention, I think, is uh, is something in this movie that uh, that I went, oh my, when it showed up on screen. And that is the fact that the cop in this movie is called Bert, and the cab driver's name is Ernie. And um, Bert and Ernie maybe came from this movie. <laughs> it's true. When did Sesame Street start? Oh, that would have been the 60s, maybe? I'm checking now, I'm checking now. 1969. There you go. Oh. Uh- which is the final year we're doing on the podcast this year. How about that? That's crazy. But yeah, Zach, is this an oldie or a goodie? Uh, I'll, rate it, I'll rate it a goodie. Uh, I loved this film as a kid, but I didn't really watch it a lot. It was just may- maybe every now and again on a Christmas when the TV was on, you know, it was there. I didn't pay much attention to it, but now paying attention to it, it's very fun to mock as well. Mm. Uh, so uh, I'll, give, I'll give it a goodie. I will give it an Aldi. That's fair. Yes. And why exactly? Out of all of the reasons that you've mentioned, uh, what is the reason that you're giving this an Aldi? It's a bit of a spoiler. Ooh, okay. Ooh. But in sh- like without spoiling it, at the end, I wanted to put my head in a blender. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty fair enough. I'm going to give this also an Aldi. I don't think it's bad. I think it's got some redeeming qualities. But I do think that the movie has aged poorly... And pretty much everything that this movie says and does is incredibly dated. So I'm gonna give it an oldie. That's that's fair. I don't have the I don't have the nostalgia to I think look past some stuff here. But there's some stuff that I thought was fun, and I was never bored. Which for a two-hour Christmas movie is definitely saying something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were never bored. I never. Well, I I actually no. I did go on my phone a lot, so maybe I was consistently <laughs> bored. Yeah, maybe you were bored the whole bloody time. <laughs> okay, well, I wasn't on my phone the whole time, so maybe I'm the only one who really appreciated the movie. The only thing you have to say about this movie, Sandro, is that there weren't parts of the movie that were more boring or less boring than other parts. Yeah, it's just the whole movie was kind of boring. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. All right. Why no, Veronica, I don't have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Hi, my name's Sally McSeller and this is an ad. Why, if you love the podcast you're listening to right now but wish there was more and with extra Nicolas Cage, then go to patreon.com forward slash oldiebuddygoodypod for a new episode on the Nick Cage movie Drive Angry. He's got a gun, it kills gods, and, and, and he's driving. He's driving around town. Oh my god, here's a clip. 
the God Killer Gun, it's very inconsistent the amount of effects that go onto it. Yeah. But whenever it was shot, it was cool. The first time it's shot, it's just like this cool bullet with a bit of magical effects. It goes slow mo, you see the carvings on it. Yes. The second time it gets shot, it literally launches and sends this guy backwards like he's like being shot by a firework and then explodes at a firework thing. The third time it's shot, it sends the bad guy into a fucking wormhole dimension where he gets Indiana Jones melted yeah. to the fucking skeleton. He gets Indiana Jones, but like in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> he gets fucking raptured. It doesn't make it's so inconsistent, <laughs> but it just makes it so much funnier. It's just it's so stupid. Why that sounds absolutely hilarious. I've got to check that episode out right now on patreon.com forward slash oldie but a goodie pod. You can also get ad-free episodes and sometimes they're early as well. That's 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 such a good deal. Oh my goodness. Now, I was lying to Veronica. I do have a peanut and butter jelly sandwich. I'm going to go get that right now. Well, there we go. Two oldies and a goodie for It's a Wonderful Life. We're going to jump into some spoilers now. If you haven't seen it, I guess uh, go Just on. wait till Christmas. It'll be playing on some channel. Yeah, surely. Ch- channel 31 here in Australia. They'll play this. Ah, there you go. <laughs> uh, where, do we, where do we start with the spoilers here? I've got a lot to mention, but Jacob is. Uh, what's what's a spoiler that you want to get off your chest? A big old yeah, criticism. Yeah, what's been nagging at you this whole time? What's why are you shoving your head into a blender? So I was watching it. Yeah, I was watching it with my girlfriend. So at the end, right, the the angel is like, okay, uh, we're going to show you life if you were never born. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't really explain it to the guy, but then he starts to show up, and it's like pretty obvious what's going on. And it's like, what? What's going on? You know, uh, why don't you know who I am? And then the angel says, like, really explicitly, he's like, we're showing you life if you were never born. And then you've got, like, another 15 minutes <laughs> of him, like, what? <laughs> hey, he had had a few drinks beforehand. Like, he was- it was so much. The amount of time of him being like, oh, what? Could have been the whole movie. Yeah, but, like, he didn't believe the angel. He w- he was doubting it. He was like, you're full of shit, you weird hobo. That's what I'm anyway, saying. Anyway, I'm going to go ha- back and talk to my friends. How much of that do we need to see, right? Another hour. <laughs> <laughs> see, my version of the movie, the, the version of the movie that I would do, it would work better as a stage play, I think. But, like, you've got half of the story is him growing up and kind of speed running to the point where he's about to kill himself, right? Like, you jump all... Like, you go through all of that. Very particular moments, like when he saves his brother, when he stops that old man from murdering someone, like, when he does all this shit. You get to the point where he's going to kill himself, the angel comes down, and then you go through everything that just happened again with the two of them providing commentary of how that would have gone if he wasn't there. And I just think that might have been a better way to do it because I was kind of disappointed how it took, I think it's almost exactly 100 minutes to get to the point where the angel shows him what life would have been like without him. Yeah. And I already knew that that was the plot of this movie and I kind of just wanted to see that. So when it was like 15 minutes of him being like, oh my God, what's going on? There's a nightclub where my work is. Oh my, who are you? Why don't you know who I am? I was like, okay. (laughs) Just on what you're saying there, Sandra, then when they're showing him, like, oh, what life would have been like if you had never been born, it was so much just like, oh, no, now, like, now women are dancing. (laughs) Now, (laughs) now there's a nightlife in town. It's like, that is so funny, like, traditional American values that, like, oh, no, people are having fun. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's their dystopian world yeah. without him. People out having fun at night. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh, but there was also a point where they were like, um, because you didn't save your brother, he died. And then a whole bunch of people died in World War Two. And I was like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And that's the only bad thing that they show. 
during that portion. Well, yeah, and there's the whole, like, thing where um the bad guy, the capitalist guy, has won and just taken over everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that was my main takeaway of, like, if anything else, I would hate for that guy to take over. I would hate to live in a world where just the richest men, the, like, 1% of the population have, like, 99% of the wealth. Yeah. Man, that would be terrible. That would suck. I would hate to live in that in that world that would be awful <laughs> that would be um but my perfect cut would be like five minute montage of all the things he's done to help people and and then the next two hours is just him and the angel running around and he's like what's going on i don't understand hey and he goes to every single person he's ever met ever oh my god and he God. talks with every single one of them and we go through all the terrible things groundhog day kind of does it well, uh, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that last section is a nice big cut and they don't need to like explain it. Like, oh, duh, duh. like you just see, right? You kind of know what's going on. Well, I mean, this potentially might have been one of the first alternate history things that, you know, was not like a sci-fi. Like for the 40s, this might have been a high concept idea. No, definitely, definitely. Yeah, like audiences aren't as media literate. You can see yeah. the way that they really need the hand holding and the angel being like, and now this. I did like the angel though. It kind of annoyed me how um, you know, he George is, you know, he's sad, his his company's about to go bankrupt, he's going to be sent to prison. You know, he's he's contemplating jumping off a bridge, right? He's just like real sad. And then all his loved ones, instead of trying to help him, they just pray. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's what you're going to do?" Okay. And like for the plot of the movie it makes sense, but that just was like, "Oh my god, we we really are in the 40s, aren't we?" Mm-hmm. That was just their reaction. That made me a little bit angry. But then I like the character of the angel. I think he's cool. He comes down and he's like, "I need my wings. Oh my god, this is so hard. Oh my." <laughs> Hey, the wife does go out and look for him. She prays and then goes out and looks for him. Well, true, but we don't see that. No, no, no. She comes back from that and, like, people, like, they go out and get money for him and all that, like, in the end. So, Mm. like, they're not just sitting around praying. But, yes, the kids are sitting around praying because, like, what else are they going to do, you know? And the angel quite clearly likes George. In fact, I would even say that the angel has a bit of a crush on George. Because when he sees George's face for the first time, he's like, that's a good face. I like it. And I was like, oh my god, we got a horny angel. Horny angel. That's the sequel. Horny angel. That's the sequel. Oh, (laughs) Steve Carell is horny angel. horny angel. This summer, one man's gonna kill himself, then is seduced by a horny angel. I'm sure we've watched a different film. You guys must have watched something else. I didn't get I didn't get horny vibes from this angel. I don't know. Yeah, me neither, I'm afraid. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get that connection, that click that you guys seem to have picked up on, but uh, I wasn't really sensing any f- fuck me vibes from this guy, from the but, angel. You know. Yeah, not really. Oh uh, yeah, I love when they were like in the bar and the angel is taking a while to order the drink. And I was, like, really sympathizing with the bartender there. It's like, that's a busy bar. (laughs) Even if you want a fancy drink, you're not getting it. Just say one of the things on tap, you know, move on. Yeah, as someone who has worked retail, that is fair. Like, just order something, let me get it for you so I can go, you know, yeah. So, shitty angel. This summer, George (laughs) Carell. George Clooney. Shitty, horny angel. It's like Bad Santa, but it's just an angel. He's just really horny the whole time. He's a dick to bartenders, and he'll dick you. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, dear. We should maybe go through some of the events of George's life. Um, (laughs) So, So he saves his brother from drowning in an iced over lake. And in that, he gets a he gets an injury where his ear can randomly bleed and stuff like that. He's got like a hearing issue as well. And the only reason he has that is to uh, get out of uh, going to war. <laughs> that's the, that's the story reason why he has that, yeah, which yeah. I found interesting because they don't really do anything with that until you get to the war part, and then it just kind of explains why everyone in the town likes him. You know, because he was there helping everyone during the war, which I was like, yeah, it's, 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 absolutely. Well. 
And in general, he's really helpful to people. Yes. Um, and that's like the whole whole thing with the movie is like the effect you have as a person can, you know, be much larger than you realize, that sort of thing. Which is why I was a bit disappointed with the ending, because the whole time he's helping his brother in ways that he doesn't really know. Like he did this one thing and that helped his brother get you know, he became a football star and then he did this one other thing and that helped his brother get like a high paying job or something. And like, you know, like he found his wife and stuff like that. And that was all interesting. And so when it was like a world where he was never born, I was kind of expecting that maybe his brother's life is just really bad. And that's the reason why he's like, I like that I was around. I would say it's pretty bad. Yeah. Cause he, cause he just died <laughs> as a kid. That's, yeah. that's why it's pretty bad. I'd say that's pretty fucking bad compared to like a war hero and, you know, millionaire, you know, football star, you know. I guess. But in, like, my revamped version of this, you'd have, I don't know, he's like a crime lord or something. And he's like, oh, my God, my brother's gone to the dark side. He's a crime lord now. Oh, yeah. He, he, <laughs> he would join up with a capitalist guy. He'd be his lackey. It's like in Back to the Future 2, mm. you know, when um, uh, Biff is like, uh, his wife is like Marty's mum. Oh, yeah. So I was hoping that, like, Potter would be married to Mary, but instead, no, she's got the worst fate possible. She's, like, not married and, like, a 30-year-old librarian. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to all my librarians out there. Get fucked. She's just a um, sad 30-year-old librarian. I'm like, oh, that's not, yeah. Oh, dear. Well, because there's that other guy who, for the first hour of the movie, is trying to chase her. Yeah. Like- yeah, yeah, what happened to him? She didn't get with him in, like, the version where George was never born. No, she's just a librarian, and she's lonely. <laughs> yep. And what do they call her? Like, she's an old something. Crone widow or something, yeah. Maybe. Can't remember. But yes, as a child, you know, George is great. He's telling uh, his friends that he wants a couple harems and three or four wives. <laughs> uh, to, yeah, to I, lie to I, I, that, that, that in the, you know, opening 10 minutes, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't remember any of this from my, you know, childhood, <laughs> like from my Christian kids film. Like, what the fuck's going on? He's working a job. He's like fucking 10 or some shit he's working a job behind the counter at a drugstore and he's getting beaten up by his boss because his son died or something yeah oh yeah yeah and giving out ice cream yeah Mm. i wish the pharmacist had ice cream i'd be at the pharmacist every bloody day oh yeah the farmer the pharmacist used to dispense out all the soda and uh, ice creams and everything that's where you went and got them Mm. bring that back i'd go yeah yeah bring it back Bring, bring soda fountains and Sunday machines back to the pharmacies. Oldie but a goodie chemist. You got mm. prescription drugs. You got soda. You got soda. You got, uh... You got diapers. You got soft serve. And, uh, horny angels are banned from order. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No horny angels allowed. Shitty angels are one thing, but horny angels... <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely not. I'm not, I'm refusing service. There's two security guards. There's a security guard for everyone. (laughs) And then there's a security guard for horny angels. Yeah, he's got a bell at the ready to give them wings so he can fucking throw them out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Uh, Some other stuff that hasn't aged well in the first, like, ten minutes, we see his brother just assault the housekeeper. He just, he just straight up assaults her while the family are like, ha ha ha, you rapscallion. And I was like, oh, sheesh. Also, uh, in classic 40s fashion, the, the only person of colour on the cast is the housekeeper. And yeah, he goes to his brother's end of school dance and uh, and he meets his wife, which uh, is not a sentence that I think anyone should ever say. <laughs> yeah, probably a bit more common back then, though. I mean, true. Like, it feels like something that is quite common for the 40s, but like today... You're looking at this scenario, you know, you're watching the movie, romantic music is playing as he just shakes this woman and is like, I don't know what to do with you. And I'm like, Jesus. (laughs) I would like to point out very specifically, she is 18. Well, yeah, she is 18. And it is very heavily specified. Let the record state 18. (laughs) Yeah, let the record state 18. So I see nothing wrong with this scenario of going to your brother's graduation and just picking up chicks. Also the pool thing. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, okay. (laughs) He could have quite easily died. Yeah, the school dances in the gym 
and the gym floor can open up and there's a pool in the middle and they all fall into the pool because the bully is like, hey, I gotta open it up under them. <laughs> Funny moment, but like, terrible place to have a dance. Just dance somewhere else where it can't open up into a pool. Yeah. You know? So George, you know, he doesn't want to get married. He he doesn't want to do anything. He just wants to like explore the world and, and all that sort of stuff. He wants to have adventures. He wants to build skyscrapers. Uh, but then his dad dies and then he gets his job. So he's stuck in a, mm. he's stuck in a corporate job now. <laughs> I, I felt for him in this bit where it's like, oh, he wants to go all do these things, but one thing comes up after another and you can't escape it and you have to go here and then you have to do this. And yeah, that was a bit like, that was a, that was a little relatable, you know? And it was like, yeah, he doesn't like that he has to do this, but he's good at it, which I'm like, cool. And I was kind of expecting like, I don't know, at the end of the movie, because I knew that, you know, he would try and kill himself at the, at the end of the movie. In fact, I think they say that at the start of the movie. Uh, so I was like, okay, so then he'll quit, right? No, the, the the lesson of the movie isn't to to quit your job and stuff. It's about you got to support your family, but you also got to treat them well. <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, okay. I thought this movie would kind of do something with the idea that he doesn't want to work this job. But all right. No, oh, well, that's fine. It helps as well. So he's running like basically a credit union. So yeah, they're less, they're less focused on profit. So like, I hear what you're saying, like he's still got to go to his work. But it does help that, like, he's going to do good to society. And he doesn't, you know, he do- he doesn't take Potter's uh, basically like a million dollar a year job. Yeah. Mm. He says no to that. But I hear where you're coming from, Sandro. Ultimately, it's like like work sets you free. It's more just American uh, traditional, you know, 50s. Yeah. I think he represents the idealized capitalized world where people like are generous <laughs> with their gains and doing all those things. Whereas uh, the the real villain of the film uh, represents the realistic version of capitalism. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also the, the 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 fact that like he ends up having four kids, but he 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 doesn't seem like a good dad either. So the whole time I'm like, those poor kids are growing up terribly. He's just like yelling <laughs> at them the whole time until he tries to kill himself, and then an angel comes and says hi. Yeah, but now he's a good dad. He's a great dad now. Yeah, but they're also like 10 and they're already traumatized. So. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, what's a bit of trauma in the 40s? You know, everyone was getting a little trauma back then. I do like the part where, um, you know, he's so angry that he is incredibly rude to a woman on the phone that her husband starts to yell at him, and then he goes to a bar and gets drunk, and oh no, her husband's there, so he just <laughs> decks him. That was pretty good. I liked that. And he blames it on praying. Yeah. He's like, I prayed, and then I got hit, and it's like, you. he doesn't understand consequences. Like, he, does, he doesn't understand... I think he's just, like, got issues. Yeah. <laughs> he's got <laughs> mental issues. <laughs> he doesn't understand basic facts about... <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> about his circumstance. That... I mean, that is kind of the point of the movie is like your your actions have effects on other people, right? That is the whole point of the movie. But yes, he doesn't understand the positive or negative effects of his actions as well. Yeah, it's just kind of, yeah, no, you're right. He, I don't want to say he's like a man child, but he also kind of is the whole time because it's like, yeah. he doesn't yeah. really know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. That's such a good point. He's a good, sweet, nice guy. But he's also a man child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think he's very specifically, he doesn't understand the concept of like your actions have effects on other people. He just doesn't understand that at all. And it takes, you know, an angel to be like, hey, when you do something, stuff happens. <laughs> do you did it, do you realize how this works? Like if you pay them, they have more money and can do stuff with it. And he's like, yeah. oh, shit. <laughs> It's true, it's true. It's like, oh, where's my wife? My wife! <laughs> yeah, the ending of the movie is just him, like, being so happy. He's so happy at the end of the movie. Almost like he hasn't seen his family and friends properly with them knowing who he is for, like, a year or something. That's how long it can't, you, you know, he's, like, really happy. Whereas in the reality of the movie, it's been, like, like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do like that it's happy because what that's that's the nice part where it's just, like, if you looked at your life objectively. Yes. And you've got a wife and it's like, you know, that joke. It's like, you know, in A Serious Man where, like, the brother is crying and is really upset and is like, you've got a job, you've got a wife. Mm. And it's so funny because, like, 
from the main character's perspective, like his his wife hates him and he hates his job and it's the worst thing ever. But from someone who doesn't have anything, it's still like the best thing ever. Yeah. So I like that perspective at the end of this film where just, just the fact that he has anything is, you know, he's super happy about it. Yeah, yeah. It's like pointing out, hey, you're actually doing all right. Yeah. He does have a life, and that in itself makes it a wonderful life, I guess. Yes, and also his brother saved all those, you know, people in that in that <laughs> transport <laughs> thing. That was also quite important. He's a war hero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was wondering if they were going to address, like, World War Two because this came out the year after um, the war ended, so they would have been making it during you know, uh, the start of peacetime, I guess. Um, mm. So I was, like, wondering if they were going to address that. And they do kind of address it head-on, but not in a... I mean, this movie is propaganda, but it isn't addressing the war in a typical American war propaganda way, <laughs> which I was like, that, that, that's kind of nice. Because there's a reason why we haven't done a war movie on the podcast yet this year, because uh, they all kind of yeah. sucked in the 40s. yeah. That, that, that this did kind of like it did feel jarring when they were like, and suddenly there was a war. All right, these characters that you know, this is what they did in the war. Yeah, um, yeah. So also on the war thing, there was like a part of my brain that was kind of hoping that because his brother didn't exist and he didn't fight in the war, the Nazis won. <laughs> Oh, that's that's going in my version of the film. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the Nazis me. won. It's revealed at the very end that the Nazis <laughs> yeah. actually won. And uh, this whole time, everyone's just been a Nazi. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a way to do all, the alternate history part. That's that's true. Yeah. I didn't think about that at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the implications could be a lot bigger for what his action is. This is one guy... Who saved his brother and his brother saved the war. I mean, that and, would know, turn it these... into that would turn this movie into Forrest Gump though, wouldn't it? Though <laughs> like this, like it yeah, would get yeah. to like Forrest Gump levels. Hey, look, Forrest Gump's a great movie, so you know. <laughs> yeah, I got no issues with Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump is long <laughs> but deserves it. God, we we should do an episode on Forrest Gump. I think Jacob, you'd be really good in that episode. Oh, mm. thank you, thank you. And there was gonna be a second a sequel to Forrest Gump, but they cancelled it because of nine eleven, right? Oh, really? I didn't know that. That's not relevant. I just like to say that fact. I think in the book he goes to the moon or something, so they might have done that. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I see. And oh yeah, and also a big part of the end of the movie is his uncle has eight thousand dollars that he's gonna, you know, he's gonna yeah. put it in the vault so their books are okay and uh, and you know the place doesn't go into bankruptcy. But he accidentally gives it to Mister Capitalism in a very ah. silly kind of mistake. This is the only bit of the bo- part of the movie that I hated. Yeah, it's very silly. Yeah, so he loses eight thousand dollars. Which, for me, is a lot of money. Back then, that's an exorbitant amount of money. That's an unbelievable amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, to just lose. It's a lot, yeah. And, you know, Mr. Capitalism is like, I can stop them now. And that was kind of the point where the movie got, I guess, silly? Like, the movie does feel relatively real, aside from the angel thing. I can believe a lot of the decisions that characters are making and stuff, but that was the point where, where, where I was kind of like, this is definitely a movie. Because, <laughs> I don't know, the way he was like, ha, I've got the money. Yeah, he twirls his mustache, you know, he's, he's, he's true villain uh, hours now, but it was... It's that, and then at the very end, like, the whole town comes together, they give him lots of money, including the characters that were very, you know, frugal an hour ago in the movie, yes. but whatever. No, they're, they're coming in and giving him all this money. The The bad guy still got the $8,000, though. Yeah, although granted he owns everything, so it's probably not a whole lot for him. No, but still, like, uh, still the bad guy won. Yeah. The, the bad guy got the money in the end. I guess he didn't win-win, because, yeah, he doesn't own all the town like he wanted to. There's no strip clubs like the, <laughs> he wanted, you know. Like, so he's not a real winner. But still, I, I was, in the back of my mind, it's like, it's great that they're giving him all this money that they earned, and, you know, now he's got lots of money, so he's fine. But... Well, then what happened to that $8,000? They need to do an investigation. So in my ending credit scene, 
uh, he goes to the cops and is like, hey, we lost this $8,000. You need to go look for it now, now that we're fine, because we've got all the cash. And then the bad guy's found and he goes to jail. And then, uh, then the movie's a happy ending. Yeah, or like the angel could have done it. Because, yeah, when, I, when there was like 10 minutes to go, it was kind of like... Okay, there's so many ways they can wrap this up and have that money be returned, you know? Yeah, yeah. Even, like, redemption for Potter, he could have seen that they're not going to be shut down, so it's like, okay, here's the money, you know? Like, so many options. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the angel's not meant to interfere, but he, like, on a Bible or something, he puts a Bible through the, the like, policeman's door and written on it is, like, Hey, have you checked this guy for eight thousand dollars that they're missing? You sure. know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Does it does it Rorschach or whatever? You know. And also, um, that version as well in in the alternate reality where they're like, "Oh my god, your thing was bought out and turned into a nightclub." I liked as well how they how they were like, "And all those houses that you built aren't houses anymore. It's just it's just fields." And I was like, "That's not how expansion works. You mm. don't get a nightclub and then don't expand your town into the fields." That's what do you mean, work. Sandra? There was a graveyard. That's expansion. I mean, technically, yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 the, the worst, the worst possible future would have been a bunch of apartment buildings. Like, that's what <laughs> yeah, would yeah. have happened, not a, not a graveyard. But also the people live in Potter's slums, it's actually ex- explained. Oh. So they would have been living in houses. With him, he lent them money so that they could have their own houses, but Potter made them live in his slums. Ah. So, uh, sorry, gentlemen. They did explain it. I was just on my phone. Yeah, that's what you get. Yeah. Watch the movie. Is there anything else that you would like to mention about this movie, Jacob? Ooh. The only other thing, like, possible thing that I was thinking is how, like, when he comes home and he's in a really bad mood and is such a pest, <laughs> my girlfriend was just like, go for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But like, we all know that one person who comes home and they're in a bad mood. And it's just like, please, for the love of fuck, just leave me alone. Uh, well, he did go for a walk. Exactly, exactly. There's a quote in the movie that's quite famous. Uh, I didn't realize that it was probably from this movie uh, when he's like, I wish for a million dollars. Hot dog! That's a thing from this movie. That's that's referenced in stuff, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I did like the bank scene where, like, the bank's out of money. Oh, yeah. And so he starts convincing people, like, hey, don't run off and get all this money from this guy, you know? Like, actually just stick around with me and I'll, I'll support you and we can stop him from taking over the whole place. That scene, uh... I remember there was a Simpsons parody of that at one point, which is which is quite funny. That was a pretty good scene, and like he puts up all the money that he was going to spend on his like honeymoon, and he gives it out to the people who need it. Yeah, 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 which is pretty good. I like as well how Mary turns the creepy old house on the street into like their house and stuff. It's kind of like a mm. kind of like a, re- a renovation job. That was all right. That was all right. But yeah, I think that's about it. I think that's everything. Uh, everything I had to say about this one. Hello friends, my name is Patrick Little, host of A Little History Podcast. If you like to learn about history, a little differently, then A Little History Podcast has you sorted. Nothing is off limits as we tackle some of the well-known and not-so-well-known stories from various mythologies and folklore from around the world. We've got a house on chicken legs, a bloke with a hundred eyes, a talking frog, plenty of shit kings, and gods and goddesses doing what gods and goddesses do. All this and more is waiting for you just to click away. Sometimes I'll have a guest coming in cold, and sometimes it's just you and me. So drink them if you got them, and join us for a bit of shit talking and a lot of fun. My name is Patrick Little, and this is A Little History Podcast. It's our history, but like you've never heard it before. Alright, well that is It's a Wonderful Life. Now it's time to remake this bad boy. We're going to remake it, we're going to recast, because they come up with a new director slash writer. Um, There are a bunch of other remakes of this movie. Uh, There is 
a Muppet one, which <laughs> is, it's a very Merry Muppet Christmas movie, uh, in which Kermit the Frog, he wishes that he has never been born. So Sorry, we'll Sandra, did you say the Muppet movie is called a very Merry Christmas movie, and it's a sequel to this one? Well, it's a remake. Yeah. It's an homage, I should say. It's a, it's a, it's a remake homage, but it's very specifically, it says in the title that it's a Christmas movie. Yeah, that's true. I rest my case, Your Honor. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but that is a pretty popular one. One of the final versions of the Muppets before they were bought out by Chris... Uh, by Christmas. And, uh, <laughs> by before they were Christmas. bought out by Christmas. By Big Santa, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Big Santa's done it again. There's, uh, there's a bunch. There's a version from the 90s that's a sequel to this about the angel. The future adventures of the angel. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I am curious. But... Jacob, if you were to to remake this movie, what would be the gimmick, the, the twist that you would do? Oh, man. Okay, put me on the spot. Wasn't prepared for this. Maybe, like, he could be Spider-Man. <laughs> so Spider-Man is like... Whoa! Whoa, man. whoa, whoa. Okay, all right. <laughs> Spider-Man's real depressed. And then they're just like, nah, Spidey, look at all the things you've done. That could be something. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that does put a spin on things, because Spider-Man has objectively done a lot in the universe of Spider-Man. Mm. Like, the, the something something fighting Thanos, you know. It would just be an entire movie-length-long in-memoriam for the people who died in the rest of the <laughs> Yeah. So you know how, like, yeah, Marvel and all that, they're always, like, looking for new movies. Yeah. It's just printing money. So this is a way for them to, like, make a movie... Just like reuse, like it'll be very cheap to create because it's just using old footage mm. of one of their superheroes being like real depressed and it's like, oh, I'm going to kill myself. And then they're like, but wait, watch this hour long highlight for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then we can have a series and it's every single superhero. And it's just like, yeah. they're all depressed. They're all depressed. <laughs> And it's like, hey, l- look at what you guys did. Yeah. And then you can have recaps of their life. For a direct remake, though, let's keep elements of the plot, maybe update it a little bit. Um, Zach, playing the the role of George Bailey, what's an actor that you can see taking on this role? Like, let's give this one a recast. What do you What do you think? Nick Cage. Yeah. Yeah. That did you- well, you mentioned it before, and I couldn't unsee it. Uh, but he does have a wide eyed look about him whenever anything happens. He's like, huh. What? And he talks a bit like him. He's a bit wild like that as well. So there is a there is a version. Uh, th- there's a movie called The Family Man from 2000 with Nick Cage in it that is not really based on this movie, but it's got elements that are kind of similar. Like he's got to choose between a a bunch of stuff. Like does he want um a big job and career or or a family or something so yeah, it's kind of it's kind of similary well i remember i'm basing this on the universe where horny angel where we've got this horny angel and him and you've got 5 minutes of the intro and then you know 4 hours of of him just meeting characters and uh and being like what you don't remember me and that's four hours, and only after four hours of that does he realize. So just keep that in mind. I can see Nic- Nicholas Cage playing George. Oh, well, Mr. Potter should just be someone even fatter because <laughs> we're gone with the times. I was, I was thinking like Elon Musk. You know, we'll have you know as an actor, not necessarily no, but someone like that. Like right. if you if you were to modernize it, you could just have someone as a CEO, like. Instead of, like, big, fat capitalist, it's, like, slim, sleek, entrepreneur-type guy. But, of course, yeah, they're the evil one. It's just a Bitcoin bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, like, the guy that does Logan Roy in Succession. Brian Cox? I Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. Ooh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. He, uh... He he was sort of what I was thinking about, a bit more of a sinister capitalist sort of thing. You know what? I Yeah, let's put him down. I think he'd be a good potter. Um, how about for Mary? Could do <laughs> Margaret Robbie. Yeah. She, she you know, she, she's pretty popular right now. This is the height of popularity. Chuck her in there. Why not? It has to be someone blonde. We can all agree. Yeah, um... 
I, I, I don't know why, but I agree totally. Absolutely. She is half of Nick Cage's age. <laughs> it's the only thing I'm really... But also for the parts of the movie where they're in their 20s, that kind of works. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Yeah, I want that scene exactly the same, and except they explicit, both of them say their age, and like, when she goes, I'm 18, he like, turns his head to the camera and is like, and I'm <laughs> like, 20, so this is perfectly fine, <laughs> yeah. and shouldn't yeah. be criticised. <laughs> Just because we met at a high school. Yes. <laughs> That is funny. In our version of it, we have Nicolas Cage as a 60-year-old man playing a 20-year-old for part of the movie. It's very funny. Mm. And for that reason alone, yes, I'll put down Marco Robbie. <laughs> what are some of the characters that, that we could uh, that we could recast, put a fun spin on them? Well, we have to do the angel, right? We do have to do the angel. Clarence. Oh, yeah. Clarence the angel. Oh, I know who it should be. I've got it. I've actually got it. Do you know the guy on Twitter and TikTok, Caleb? <laughs> no. Caleb. Caleb says things. I'll tell you his name. Caleb Huron. Who is this? <laughs> I swear to gee, this guy would be the best bloody angel. <laughs> Caleb Huron. Okay, you've, you've brought into someone a random TikToker. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. He's an actor. I'll tell you what he's been in. Oh, yeah, he's in stuff. He writes for Human Resources. He was in an episode... <laughs> He was in a singular episode of Fargo. He was in Jurassic World 3. Wow. There we go. He was in Jurassic World 3. There you go. Well, if it's Jurassic World 3, then he has to be on board. <laughs> I'm a good casting agent. I know some people who aren't A-listers, okay? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm down for it. I put him in as the angel. There we go. <laughs> go watch some videos of him on TikTok and you'll be like, that guy would be a good angel. I promise. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Well, I have to look him up now. And anyone else, Zach? One, one more cast member, maybe the brother, I don't, or the uncle, I guess. Oh yeah, the uncle would be a good, uh, yeah, the forgetful uncle. Have like John C. Riley or someone who's just very <laughs> wild. Um, the guy who I had cast. Do you know Jeremy Swift? How many TikTok followers do they have? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, uh, yeah, I think I've seen uh, Jeremy Swift before. Yeah, from Ted Lasso. Yeah. Yeah. And he, with the glasses, he kind of looks like him, too. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can definitely see him. Yeah. Yeah, he could be a good uncle. There you go. Uh, and we need a director to jump on board this one. Um, uh, You mentioned a serious man earlier, Jacob. We could get uh, the Coen brothers to come on in and remake this. Oh, man, the Coen brothers film of this. It would be a whole different film. It would. Nah, I'm not going to waste a Coen brothers year on this. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. We could go for, like, because the title It's a Wonderful Life kind of suggests, like, an idyllic sort of version of the American dream. A movie that's out very soon that kind of follows that is Barbie. We could get Greta Gerwig to direct this. Mm. Oh, that's not bad. Have it be very plastic. Maybe we set it in the 60s instead of the 40s? No, we like it, Sand. We're in favour. Yep, let's do it. Well, and with that, that is the remake right there of It's a Wonderful Life starring Nicolas Cage and someone half his age as the love interest. <laughs> is, uh, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, that is the episode on It's a Wonderful Life right there as well. Jacob, thank you so much for coming back on the show. My pleasure. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, and we'll be sure to get you back on for something that is well-known and good at some point. <laughs> mm. Yeah, boy, it's coming. It's coming. Uh, Jacob, you're always doing stuff and things. Do you have anything to plug? Yeah, so Corner Shop Comedy Theatre is a theatre that I help run. Uh, we've got shows every month, and then we have workshops on, like, um, clowning or comedy or comedy writing. I uh, say so if anybody is like, how can I be as funny as Sandro and Zach, and you're in Melbourne, then we've got classes to help you out. Excellent. Um, yes, if you're in Melbourne as well, Mr. Yes and Mr. No, food truck, we're out and about. Excellent. It's always around. Uh, check all that out. It links in the episode description. Uh, we are on all the stuff and things as well. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We are at Pod. You can email us, oldiebuddygoodypod at gmail.com uh, to let us know how we are wrong about this movie, particularly if you are an American. I want to know what Americans think of this movie. Uh, also... We have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash oldiebuddygoodypod. If you thought all the ads throughout 
this episode were annoying, uh, you can get the ad-free episodes up there. They are slightly early on Patreon as well. And if you want some Nicolas Cage content, uh, just like this episode, you can go over there. Right now, we are doing the Cage-O-Rama, which is three months of nothing but Nicolas Cage. The most recent episode was on a film called Drive Angry, which uh, neither Zach or I had heard of, and turns out it was pretty okay. <laughs> it was pretty exciting. That is over there on Patreon right now. Uh, and 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 that is that is all the plugs. Um, I think, is it my turn to pick next week? Uh, yes. Yes, it is. And we're heading into 1947. And I'm having a look at some options that came out in 1947 that we could do. The first one that is sticking out to me is a movie that I have actually seen before. It's called The Egg and I. Mm. The Egg and I. A comedy about a married couple who become chicken farmers. And they're like, oh my god. How do you farm chickens? Why? What's this egg? I don't know why I've seen this movie, but I have seen it. Wow, you've seen it. Okay, that is that is rather interesting. But may I raise you uh, a, a staying on our our Christmassy movie street? We could do uh, Miracle on Thirty uh, Fourth Street, Ooh. which is another very famous. That one is objectively a christmas movie as santa's on the cover so you know uh we have got ooh the senator was indiscreet yep uh comedy movie about a about a crooked us senator who blackmails people ooh wow that sounds so unrealistic um that could never happen ooh how about mother wore tights <laughs> A married vaudeville team struggles to raise a family while touring the nation. I don't care. I don't... I won't watch that, actually. What about uh, Monsieur Verdox? Yes? It's a Charlie Chaplin film. Oh, wait, I've heard of that. I think that's the movie that got him kicked out of America because everyone thought he was a communist. Oh, well, whoops. Oh, there's Boomerang. A prospector has to fight... His defendant, who has been framed for murdering a priest. Oh, that got very... <laughs> Whoa, I wasn't with you at first, but now I've come around to it. But no, I know what I'm going to pick. I know what I'm going to pick. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick a movie called Brute Force. Brute Force? Yes. Wait, what, uh, what, what, what is that? Uh, it's a crime noir oh. about escaping prison. Mm, that's very interesting. Have we actually done a crime noir? Technically, we did The Woman in Green, but no, we haven't done one this year yet. Yeah, yeah, not really, <laughs> not really. Uh, interesting. All right, that, that's, that sounds like a cool adventure to go on. Yeah, I'm down. Let's, I'm down. let's do Brute Force next week on the podcast. That one looks fun. That looks pretty good. Oh, Burt Lancaster is the main guy. Fuck yeah. All right, we'll do that next week. Um, Zach, you, you, you got to get up out of that body. Um, yeah, I'm going to leave. You're going to have to teleport. What is Jacob gonna do now now that he's here in 1946 do you want to go back to the present day jacob or do you just want to hang out yeah i've got to go fight in the israeli war of independence (laughs) (laughs) that's why you're here i knew it (laughs) yeah my people need me man all right well i'll leave you here to do that thank you all right see ya all right (laughs) see you next time thanks guys (laughs) 